something really cool that we just announced yesterday. We're about to have our Victory Partner Days. Yes, we month. are. First week of October. Just a few weeks away. And we're giving away something cool thanks to Trinity Septic Services, Dawson and Sandra. They we were really help. dear friends of ours. We're just so excited. I called them. We were talking about uh, Victory Partner Days, and they were just all over this. I said, yes, we want to be a part of that. Yeah, $2,500 in gas and groceries. Five, $500 gift cards. Isn't that cool? I mean, what you yeah. have to decide what you, you know, if you happen to be the one that wins them, you can, you know, can use it all for your family. You can, yeah. is it all gas? Is it all groceries? Is it a mix of both? You go on vacation. It's it's really wide open for you just to, you know, just as a blessing. I think everybody, whether you've had a good or a tough time, yeah. everybody needs blessing. And I'm so thankful for, uh, Dawson and Sandra for jumping ahead and uh, being a part of this because this Victory Partner Days, you give if you give any gift beginning now all the way up to that first day to midnight of the first day of that Monday night, which is October fourth, you're automatically entered to win. Doesn't matter what you get, whether yeah. you give ten dollars or a thousand dollars, doesn't matter. You're entered to win, and it's a random drawing, so a really easy way. So definitely, if you haven't given yet, give. And yeah. it started actually. If you're one of those who gives. On on a monthly basis, automatically, you're already in that if because it, it included your September gift. So as long as you've already jumped in there, uh, you're already automatically in there too. And if you're new to Victory, we are a nonprofit. So that's why a couple times a year, normally the fall or the spring, we'll do the Victory Partner Days and just raise funds yeah. so that we can keep sharing the music and the ministry that you hear every day, the prayer times. And you can always give safe and secure. Victory.radio, any amount, one-time gifts or a monthly gift. And speaking of which, uh, 8 o'clock is our prayer time where we pray for the lost. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we just zip right by just because we're in the midst of the teaching. Well, let's just take a moment and uh, and lift these up, especially because it's the Day of Atonement, for goodness sakes. Father, we just love you. Thank you so much for uh, giving us uh, clear pictures that we mm. can see and understand, even though sometimes we have to dig in and study to, to grasp it all. Thank you for the clarity of that. We thank you that uh, your name, Jehovah, is glorious, is strong, and is mighty. And as we come through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, Yeshua, I thank you that that blood is sufficient for anything and everything, for every failure, even the millionth time where we stumbled and bumbled. I thank you that it is more than enough. Yes, and we can never come to a day where you are not more than enough to uh, solve the problem of our, our inadequacies, our failures, our sin, and our rebellion. So, Lord, we uh, ask that you just uh, wash us and cleanse us and purify us this very day. And especially, Lord, that you would uh, set your hand upon those who don't know you. That every bit of teaching and instruction, every song, every uh, word that's spoken on, on victory would begin to draw and uh, woo them to your heart. That they might come to know you uh, are, are the only answer. And you're an answer that they need this very day. So, Lord, would you uh, move on the hearts of men this day, save to the uttermost, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are talking, obviously, the Day of Atonement. It begins tonight, all the way through tomorrow night. It's uh, Yom Kippur, it's, uh, which is Yom is Day, Kippur is Atonement, Day of Atonement. Uh, 
it's an interesting time. You know, I talked to you that what happened is that the sacrifices that always were happening at the tabernacle or the temple, it was absorbing the sins, is what the Bible said. Is so that on one day a year, on the Day of Atonement, the sacrifice was made, blood was poured out on the altar inside the Holy of Holies to cleanse it, to, in other words, to empty out the whole year of sins for it. So understand that. Yom Kippur was the only time the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies mm. once, one time per year and only for that purpose, the high priest sacrificed a bull that would cover the sins of the priesthood. He would be totally covered in blood from making the sacrifice. Otherwise, he couldn't even have entered in. Mm. Then he would go through the veil that separated the holiest of places from the rest of the temple. The veil represented the separation between God and man due to man's sin. Now, obviously, Jesus was and is that veil. So when he died on the cross for sin, which separated us from God, the veil, his body, was torn or broken. So he went into the Holy of Holies, this priest, to pour the blood on the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, it's called the caparet or the mercy seat. The caparet, obviously, if you just throw out the vowels, you have the same K-P-P-R-S, kipper. So it's very related to the same word. They both mean purge or atone, expiate and propitiate, all those big fancy words. Essentially... It's the cross. It's the paying of a ransom to redeem or to atone by offering a substitute. The blood of life of an innocent animal was required in exchange for the blood of life of a guilty person. A sacrifice was required, or in the case of Jesus, one of, of humanity, man for man. The priest entered with incense before him as he approached the Ark of the Covenant, sprinkled the blood on it on this most holy day of the year. Now, the rabbis agree that the priest had a certain motion when he when he uh, poured or slung the blood and it was kamatzlif and it means as if they were whipping someone mm. so think about that he's got this blood and he's flinging it as if he's using a whip now here's how it's written in the Mishnah and the Babylonian Talmud the motion is once upwards seven times downwards aiming to sprinkle neither upwards nor downwards but Kamatzlif, making a movement, a movement of swinging a whip. Now, some have suggested that originally it was the word kamatzliv, a, a V rather than an F, like a cross is what that means, instead of like a whip, instead of like a whip. But the obvious implications of this were too much for the Jewish sages, and it was changed to kamatzliv instead. So early on, there was the whole symbolism, when they prayed over the goats, they crossed their hands. So there's crosses in all the symbolism and everything that happens in all of the feasts, but I think that that probably just pushed them a little too far. But here's where else it happens. After the bull, the, priest, the high priest would take two goats to cover the sins of the people. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he's to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. So there's two goats, one for the God and one for his scapegoat. The high priest put both his hands into a wooden case, took out two labels, one inscribed for Jehovah and the other for absolute removal or for Azazel. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. All right, so this is for the people. Mm. They've already cleansed the priests. The Lord's goat symbolized Jesus. 
Christ, who took upon himself the penalty for our sin. So our sins have been transferred from their soul to his, from their blood to his blood. And he's died for their sins, and the sinner is judged to be perfect as if he's never sinned. So in that ceremony, as it were, all those sins were covered. Now there's two goats, the other goat. But the now, again, when you pray for the pray for this goat, the priest crosses his hands and lays them on the heads of the goat. But the goat chosen by Lot as a scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. He's to lay both hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. So just in the same way as the you can the blood the sin is in the blood, the confession can then transfer those sins to it. So he shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place. So <laughs> the sad part of the story, he'd throw, he'd throw the goat over a cliff. So both goats died so that the people's sin would be forgiven. And the reason I always say is the last thing you want is the goat, your sin coming back to find you. So both sins have, both goats have to die. Mm. Now the Talmud states that a strip of scarlet dyed wool was tied to the head of the scapegoat which would turn white as soon as the goat was thrown over the precipice as a sign that the sins of the people were forgiven. There are a bunch of things in all these ceremonies where something miraculous had to happen to show you that your sin was forgiven. That was one of them attached to this goat. And as a general rule, whenever this goat was thrown over, that that scarlet ribbon turned white. Mm. It didn't always turn white. One of the most profound realities is that the Jews actually kept track of this. Hmm. And so we have an interesting story after the time of Jesus. I'll tell you about that next.